What's up? Just my camera. Welcome, foreign family. Coming to you every Tuesday at three o'clock. Welcome to the huddle. Yes. Here to talk about moving your flooring career forward. Now, how was that for jumbling the intro? What's up, guys? How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Joining me as always as I try to rush into this podcast, sorry, is Jose and Daniel Gonzalez from Preferred Flooring out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. We're here. If you're up there doing a flooring project or a construction job and need some services, these are your guys right there. So today we're going to be talking about the importance of safety. And uh, it's kind of became a little bit bigger topic in our in our industry. Uh, several news outlets or industry publications have reached out about writing some articles and such, uh, kind of safety oriented. <clears throat> and so I thought I would uh, start this off by uh, asking you guys, have you ever been visited by OSHA? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, we have. I, we have as well. So I thought we'd share war stories a little bit and then um, get into some of the, the, the ways that we can maybe uh, look to improve. I know we have uh, some, some ways that we needed to improve. So tell me about your guys's visit. What was the context? And uh, you don't have to name the project. In fact, don't name the project. <laughs> oh, it's totally just... fine. We, we, we did good. So, I mean, it was just one of those random, the most recent one, one of the random visits, they were doing work outside uh, on a lift and they just happened to be driving by. So... On the way to another project, not even this project. So they did a random inspection ah. um, and they came in and we did like everyone else who is in compliance does. We said, Everybody go on break. <laughs> I'll call you when it's time to come back in. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, I, I wish I was joking about that, but I had no idea what to expect on that one, right? Because it was a surprise, but um, we actually did pretty good. Uh, they came in and checked. For us, it was pretty simple. They checked all of our cords, they, uh, all of our connections. They made sure that, that we were, uh, you know, boots, hard hat, um high vis uh i mean we were we were compliant Did that, they ask day, you? that day we were compliant i would say that but but the project that we were on actually required that right so certain projects require full ppe and um they have their own systems in place to, to help make sure that everyone on site is, is within range of compliance for for something like that do you guys um have your standard for safety and so you get on a job site and the superintendent's not wearing a hard hat or whatever and it's kind of a laxed uh project in that manner do you guys still have your guys' standards or how do you guys deal with that uh, i think that's like especially with hard hats and stuff it's been a big thing of mine because if i'm wearing a hard hat and i'm kneeling down it's going to hit the back of my neck anyways, and then done. <laughs> so what is the point when I'm working on my knees, right? I, when I get up, yeah, I'll put it back on, but there's got to be some give and take. Um, As far as our standards, we absolutely love the jobs where they're more relaxed on everything and they can, we can be more comfortable, but we have no problems, you know, going full PPE. <clears throat> One of the guys just poked in right before we started and he was like hey is this high vis and everything today and we're like yep so yeah. you know some of the guys we got high vis shirts but <clears throat> they don't always wear them so we got vests um everyone has boots we got boxes of safety glasses out there cut resistant gloves um hard hats so sweet hard so, hats too like what's like, go get 
nice uh, custom ones. Nice. Yeah, so <clears throat> it sounds, you know, we always say show up like full PPE. If the job <laughs> site is not, um, you know, showing any, like, we still want work boots. Here, here's the non-negotiable items. OSHA is going to tell you. Hard hat, safety glasses, work boots, long pants, four-inch sleeve shirts, right? Yep. That's pretty much the standard for OSHA. The Our, our non-negotiables is either a high-vis shirt or vest, pant, long pants, four-inch sleeves, and um, work boots. That's That's what we want our guys to wear. Now I've caught plenty of guys in tennis shoes when it's, you know, a really lax job and it's really hard. Here's the the thing. It's really hard to get on your guys when the superintendent and the foreman's running around and, you know, Props. tennis shoes and <laughs> stuff. So it's, it's, it's a difficult thing. The I wrote an article recently about this that I think, you know, I'm going to send to the publications, but it talks about leadership, the leadership and the, um, if the, it has to start up there, uh, from a safety perspective. And I know as flooring guys, we enjoy the jobs and we always say, you know, if we got to wear a hard hat, the job's not ready for us. You know, that's kind of been the mantra over the years, but the truth is the way you described it, Daniel, is how a lot of the, even the really safety oriented, unless we're on base, and there's a core of engineer safety guy and all this. Um, it's it's kind of the way even our more safety conscious projects allow us to be. If we're in a room installing the floor, keep your hard hat right next to you. Keep your safety yeah. glasses on and and be as as far as you can take it, and keep your hard hat by you. And just like you said, Daniel, if you get up that hard hat goes on as soon as you stand up, not as you're walking out of the room. And part of that, I understand from the superintendent or a safety conscious, like a safety, um, you know, a safety director or something from a GC is they got to set precedence for everybody. Cause not, <clears throat> not the whole, a lot of times, you know, you finish projects off in wings or in sections or phases yep. and you just can't have, you know, one, one trade walking around without hard hats. that just does not set a good precedence. But, um, so I'll tell you about our safety. One of our, uh, OSHA, I think we've been visited three times total in 20 years. So not excessively. The last one was at a large hospital job and we thankfully, uh, got through, but, they almost got us on some chemicals we were using that we didn't have MSDS sheets on. Denature, simple stuff, though, that not yeah. like your adhesives. We had all that, and we actually had it in the work order in Go Carrera. So that worked perfect because it had the job name, and the documents were attached with the job name and the job address, the whole work. So that worked perfect, but we didn't have it for denatured alcohol. And we had some acetone on site, just cleaning up marks and things like right. that. And because we didn't have the MSDS sheet, thankfully, I had a a, a, a friend at the GC firm that's like, email it to me. I'll print it off for you and put it in your folder in our office. So that, that's the so, thing, though. They, they want it printed out, right? For Visible for everyone. It or just has to be accessible. accessible. And, and, and it has to have the job name. Uh, and the address. So like your binder, a lot of guys, we used to put binders in their trucks with everything and then tell them to sort it and put a divider, two dividers that would make that section for that job. Mm -hmm. um, that's, we, 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 it never went that far. Most of the time they're looking like you, they're looking at the cords and the things like that. Well, this was such a safety conscious job that all that stuff was easy it just like you said it was the freaking uh 
MSDS sheets that that almost got us. It almost got us. Thankfully, we got through it. But so there's a reminder. That's that's a lesson for everybody. If you have a chemical, even goof off. If it's bigger than a the small thing, if you got a pint of goof off, you got to have a freaking MSDS sheet on site for that. Right. And then when we like um, as an installer, you don't really think of this stuff because that's what we provide to the GCs before we even step foot on site, right? They're mm-hmm. that's what they're asking for. They're they're like, send us everything. And then it makes it easier on our part because if OSHA goes there, they have everything right there in the job trailer, anyways. Yeah. So you have to have your copy though. You know that? Oh, uh, we have everything in the folder. Yeah. So 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 just in in um and it always depends on who's going to the this guy was looking for something, obviously. Like Right. He was digging pretty hard. Um, he, was trying, he was someone made him angry. He was on, he was on a mission that day, and uh, I was almost his victim. <laughs> but we're joking around a little bit, but there are some important safety things. Like we want to be safety conscious as as contractors, and I I know that like in the home building world. There's there, you know, it may be lax from a standpoint of of requirement from the top down, but there are standard things that, for example, face shield or uh, protective glasses if you're cutting tile or you're especially if you're not using the wet saw, if you're using a, a side grinder or a Makita like the um, small Makita four inch cutting wheel with the basically looks like a you know a circular saw right um but if you're doing any of that kind of thing or you're grinding concrete we want the guys to have proper you know face masks uh or respirators depending on the the level using hepa filters i know we've talked about that in the past uh hepa vax and and dustless equipment as much as possible even then you get a little bit of dust Right, but that's where you you have to realize too where what OSHA's looking at in what you can grind on your hands and knees versus what you can use a stand-up grinder for and then how many CFMs your vacuum has to be per, for the size of the grinder. There's so much involved that people, if you don't read into it, you just don't know. Yeah. Because- well, that's part of the reason, I think, to have an open discussion about it is to point out some of the pitfalls because you know whether it's my my deal or for example like you just said what if you don't have the right cfm on your vacuum for that stand up uh, um grinder but it was fine for your 7 incher right. or something right um so those types of deals you want to look into most reasonable OSHA people and most reasonable safety directors at GC firms. As long as you have a good vacuum with a HEPA filter on it, you're going to, they're going to kind of be okay with you. Um, they, but like I said, you can get that guy. I mean, I, we, we literally got very lucky. We didn't get hit on that deal and it was for acetone and denatured alcohol stuff. We you buy at Lowe's, you know. Right, that that could have been something you were like, oh, let, let's go grab this real quick, and it's just an afterthought. Well, right? that's exactly what it was. You know, the installer had it in his van, wanted to clean off some marks off of his vinyl and different stuff. I, I mean, you know, um, some of his pencil marks or or whatever, um, and cleaning different i i don't even know all of what it was on the site for but it came out of our one of our installers vans that you know they kept it in the van from the either our supply closet or bought it at lowe's or something and uh, we a lot of times that's what the danger is and i just told our guys like hey if you take something on site at least let us know and we can email the contractor uh an msds for it Right. I know it seems ridiculous, but this is why we have to do it right here. This could have been a $5,000 fine for a freaking $28 gallon of acetone, you know? So there's, um, we haven't got, got that like 
hit with that. Every one of ours that we've been on, they're just looking at, um, you know, the cords. Uh, we've even had GCs that will walk around and anytime they seen a cord that was, you know, just a little nick in it or, you know, one of the wires was sticking out, this GC would walk around, he'd unplug it and he'd cut it. Yeah. So you can't use it no more. Yeah. We've had that happen and we, we kind of get ticked off uh, because you know, uh, you can properly fix them. Right. But you're like, well, there goes that. I got to get a whole new product. Because right. they, they, they never cut it. Like, right no, they cut it they with cut a, it in the middle. that much left at the from the plug and you it's can't do cool. nothing about right. it. So you got to buy a new plug and redo the whole thing. But, uh, and if you're using 10 gauge cords, like we do for our grinders and stuff, you get a hundred foot 10 gauge cord. That's a $200 cord. Right. So, yeah, making sure that you inspect your your equipment before you take it to site. All your GFI stuff is all your cords are in good shape. All of that kind of thing. Um, what do you guys think the uh, number one cause of death on job sites? Fall. Fall. Yeah. Number one cause. Do you guys do any high? like uh tile work or anything like that we yeah. haven't but we've worked in places where uh we had to wear a harness anyways just because the the railing on the steps weren't in yeah or, yeah. or like um acoustical carpet and like movie theaters and stuff like that when, when you're out on a baker or a ladder that's that's the thing too like the gray area right a ladder is hard to wear a harness um, it's it's really hard unless you have a tie-off point <laughs> right and then um but but things like like that is uh is really where we've ever come in contact or like Daniel said, temporary railing or working near an edge where the safety rail is not complete yet. Even if um there is a rail there, but it's not the finished product, they still wanted you harnessed off. Wow. Yeah, that's the we had uh, one of our more recent projects at a high school, we were doing really large format. I think it was three foot by five foot. Um, I think it was slim, slim line or uh, slim panel. I uh, forget the name of it from Dow. It wasn't a uh, laminam, but it was similar product. And, you know, we're up like 40 feet. And yeah, be harnessed. how do you maneuver on like, well, we're it, it was a trick. We had to rent two different booms to get to be able to get and one guy was operating one boom with just the slab mm -hmm. and they'd have to hand it off to the other guy to get it to get it up there. And then you guys it, are, you it was a feat. Be behind you too, or like you had to have everything behind you and sliding back and forth and well the heart they were harnessed from the back. Were they okay? Yeah. Yeah, it becomes a challenge, that's for sure. And, and fall, it, it, unfortunately, I've, I've been on a few projects where you've witnessed a fall. And it's it, it's never... It doesn't take much. That's no, one it, thing it people... that I I I have witnessed a electrician fall off of a six-foot ladder, and it was it was not a pretty sight. That's about Just where a, I'm And he was not on the top or anything, like maybe two two steps down so maybe his feet were four foot off the ground or so and that which doesn't even require you to be tied off until six feet but uh that was a nasty fall from four foot so like there's reasons for this stuff some of it's a pain in the ass frankly but um the more safety conscious you are as a company here's what i found for and and i would i would say this to all flooring contractors be overly safety so that when your guys so your guys are more aware like if you're safety training uh one of our guys just finished another one of our guys i should say just finished from he had 10 hour and he just got his 30 hour mm. and you know we feel like it just keeps them aware that doesn't mean they are the the guy with the hard hat vest and the whole works even on jobs that are like a main street office that is a one day job and the superintendents running around in shorts, you know, 
but they're still, that's why I say what our non-negotiables are, are a few things. We still want the high viz and that's easy enough. Can you just buy shirts? All of our shirts are high viz and we have a few others that they can wear. Uh, it's kind of cool. We actually caught one of the guys out at dinner with one of our shirts on. It was like representing, um, like bam there. most of our uh most of our shirts are high viz and all of the work shirts are high viz so it makes that piece really simple um and then obviously pants i don't care if it's i don't care the condition you're not wearing shorts on our jobs like we've had certain crews um show up to job site with shorts and tennis shoes and we just it's not that's not even an option so there's some non-negotiables that we should have as even as flooring guys. Um, like I said, face shield or or glasses if you're cutting tile, um, you know, properly not throwing. One of my pet peeves is showing up on a job site and there being carpet blades or utility oh, blades yeah. all over. That is especially, especially right now when they come in a package where you can take your old blades and put it in the package as soon as you refill your knife. Yeah, it just took one time for, for me, and this is a lot of years ago when we were working on a project, and um, he was my brother-in-law at the time. Um, left a blade sitting on a handrail, and we were working in um, a, a special needs facility, and we went home for the day. Came back to in the morning to a very upset um, staff there that one of uh, one of the, the the young kids there had grabbed it. And it looked like a stick of like a piece of gum because the, the square shape. Uh-huh. When his mom tried to chew it up. Oh man. Nothing happened. Nothing. But just like that, that one right there. Like I was not a like I was a put them in the like if I had a Gatorade bottle or something. I was always like one of those guys, but I was like, oh, I'll start a pile right here on this window ledge and I'll pick them up after I'm done if I didn't have everything. But after that, it was like back in the knife. Um, after I start wearing a pouch bag in, right in my pouch or there's a place like or right directly in the trash can but then you have to tell your guys watch your hand don't stick your hands in there it's way easier just to package them up and you're safe put, put them back in the package or take a you can find duct tape when you need it uh there's oh, a hundred, one of there these. You go. The coffee can we, I remember we that. had coffee cans back in the day I mean like there's ways to do it just find the best method that you want and keep your blades cleaned up because that's probably you know cuts in our industry is one of the biggest um and then not just like you put them in your pouch and you reach in your pouch or whatever right so like just properly handling those but i'll tell you my biggest um and this was bef right before i started my company i was working for another company and the one of the guys on the job site had a really bad habit of sticking his his uh four inch razor scraper in his back pocket. Ah man. <laughs> and it was, it mess him up. It he spent a day in the hospital at the ER. Did brand it, new blade. Fall down right right across the wrist. Oh, he dude. put it with the blade up? Yep. Oh my god. He didn't stick the blade down in his pocket. He just cut his rear end. Um you know, or cut through his pocket or something. No, it was always blade up and he just reached back and grab it. Well, I forgot it. You know, problem with doing stuff like that is you get used to it. He got used to it being back there and forgot it was there and went to go grab some, thought he had something else, went to go grab and it just, <laughs> bam. He ended up, uh, I think he ended up out of work for about four weeks. That's bad. Yeah. That's bad, so like be careful with razor scrapers. Um you know some of the safety like guidelines if you if you've got been through OSHA's training or any real safety training awareness is probably your best friend in safety in my opinion like a lot can be uh avoided if you're on a big job site we got a really big job site with cranes and they're moving uh crap around all the time I was there a week ago looking at the substrate like this. <laughs> the sub and so we're gonna have to bring in a pump truck uh on a side note to to pump like seventy thousand foot of uh 
at least half inch, probably on average. There's inch, there's literally inch and a quarter waves in this floor all the way through these units and it gets LVT. But, um, you know, they were taking a port john over and I was like, I also didn't want poo to get on me, but <laughs> I let that thing go first, you know, just, just be aware of your surroundings is, is, um, you know, it would have saved the guy from cutting his wrist. He just wasn't aware. First off, you shouldn't be doing that in the first place. That's kind of a, you know, I'll just say that's a stupid thing to do, but at the same time, I was, I was stupid like that. I used to put my, before I carried a pouch, no lie. I put all my blades in my back pocket. And I remember oh, I, I did that out of my I, butt cheek. And then I remember my utility knife falling through the hole that it cut in the back pocket and stabbed me in my cab as I was walking on the way. Like I felt it and I like moved real quick and it I something it. bit me. <laughs> something bit me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um just and you know, you thought you think that that would change someone's mind, but that didn't, right? It just made me start getting used to using my other pocket. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> my pants are all bad on that side. Let me use my other pocket. Um, well, so do you guys, um, do you guys have like your, what What do you guys do for your safety? Do you do safety trainings? We we do toolbox, you know, as job requires. And if you have enough <clears throat> jobs, it, it works. You don't have to do something special, but do you guys do toolbox talks and all that kind of thing? Yeah. yeah, we might be a little, a little. We might be slacking slightly because we've kind of uh, the we, crews kind of dwindle a little bit, and and it's been project to project, and kind of leaning on the uh, the the leadership on site to go over all of that. Um, and we are fortunate that we're working on a lot of repeat jobs with a lot of repeat customers, and we've already been through uh, not only their safety um, uh, curriculum, but then we go through it ours before we go to their meeting go to their meeting and then they add to it um so you know what maybe we better just retouch on some of that too because uh you, you get complacent yeah every once in a while yeah particularly if there's a new guy i know that the our field superintendents uh will do a toolbox talk in the middle of the week if we haven't had one for a job in a while or if there's a crew that hadn't been on a job that has them where do you guys get your safety uh your toolbox talks works work comp company there you go if you don't know that uh any installer if you have an insurance company they'll give you especially if you you should have work comp so you will get they'll provide you with a whole host like hundreds and hundreds of of different topics and just print them off and go over the topic and get it signed and there you go. They'll, they'll even help you with uh, your your own custom uh, employee Safe, safety, safety handbook. Safety handbook, if you really yeah. want to. Um, and, and most of the literature is already readily available, so it's just a matter of picking and choosing what you want to put in yours and consolidating <laughs> information. It's super simple. So I'm going to tell you one other story that we never got in trouble for that, but made it really big. And I'm not going to tell you anything else except for the story. But we had two installers. One had a TikTok account. And uh, he was filming. One of our guys had glued himself into a corner and grabbed a hold of a door. And swung and on the swung door. swung himself over to where the glue was not, you know, almost getting his fingers, didn't get his oh, fingers, no, no, no harm, no foul, but it, he, this other uh, installer posted it on TikTok. By the time I was made aware of it, it had 1.8 million views and people were and he had this background song of something about uh i forget the name of the song it was like a parody of a of a really popular song but it, it said something like uh in a world of osha violations. violations yeah that yeah the uh, willy wonka song right there you go so <laughs> that's the song that they had played and at 1.8 I was like, this was within a week. 
And this wasn't modern. This was right when, I mean, maybe two years ago. Maybe TikTok was a couple of years old at that point or a year old, something like yeah. that. So it wasn't like today a 1.8 million views or 1.7 million views is, is still a lot, but it's not out of this world. That's pretty out of this world if you think about it back then. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, so we had him take it down, obviously, and uh, said, you know, guys, it would have been just as easy to leave your path out of the door. <laughs> glue that little bit with the rest of the room that you had to finish anyway no need in having us you didn't have to have a straight line you can zigzag your lvt and not have to worry about it but yeah so little, just i might be a little jealous that he was able to hold out of the door and swing because i know that if i did that it'd be fail i'd be on the field you'd be in the glue, <laughs> be glue. yeah like well i thought you know Safety is never like the funnest conversation to have, but I, I thought we could just challenge each other from asking those types of questions of what is your safety protocol? Yeah. You know, what, what are the, the, what are the things that you guys want from your crews on site, regardless of whether or not, is it the same? Is it pants and a four inch sleeves or is yes. If it's really like a lax, can they wear tank tops? Nope. Okay. They, they, so you guys kind of have or the sleeves, wear pants. One hundred percent uniformed, always with the company logo. Um, they, I mean, there are instances where it's like, you know, it gets cold outside. They wore a short sleeve shirt, or and and they're cold, so they have to wear a jacket or something like that. But we we do try to provide apparel for all um, for all weather. I mean, we don't work outside, so we don't have. Uh, overalls or anything like that but we, we try to make it so it's hard for anyone not to have something preferred flooring on the job site right like and then all your stuff is checks all the boxes for safety yes, anyway yes yes and uh the 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 vest and the high vis i think that's the the hardest one because like we did notice that depending on the color of high vis it does retain some smell um and I don't know why that is, but it does. On shirt, on your shirts, on your yeah. shirts, yes. Depending really? on the material and the color, I think uh, cotton, high vis yellow, and cotton um, retained more smell. So I mean, it, it's hard to work with someone when they smell like a, a bag, a, a bag of dirty rags, and it's not not their fault, right? And I haven't you know, ran into that with ours. The fluorescent, yeah, or maybe I just stink. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, you try to have all that in place because you want to make sure that you're representing, and you want separation, right? You want if something were to happen, you want to be able to be recognizable by some of the other trades. Hey, that's preferred flooring. You don't want uh, I don't know who that is, right? Wearing a ACDC shirt and yeah you know it's just you know i think it, well that's not only unprofessional it's also distracting right. and that's why they don't they don't most safety directors don't want it on their job sites you know and and, and i think identifying an individual and as to what company they are is also part of safety as well you, you need to be able to identify and create separation well who do i go to if this guy gets hurt if i don't know who he works for right, right? yeah that's part of it so do you guys uh Another, so I asked you, what was the number one cause of death? Do you know what the number one cause for injury is? Lifting. You guys are like, did you, did you read? Like, did you guys no, no. get my article from <laughs> Ashland or something? <laughs> oh, really? Is, is it how? It is. It's lifting. So okay. we, we do one of the biggest things. And we've probably got a little lax on this occasionally as well, but proper lifting of like sheet vinyl rolls and oh. stuff like that, yeah. moving those things, like there's an art to this. There is an art and we have some stories about that and you're absolutely right. Like if you don't know anything about center of gravity and balance, like there is an art to that and Many, many of people that worked with us alongside us, including ourselves, have avoided injury 
like that thing will break your leg like bam if you're not doing it right it'll break anything yeah so we we when we do our classes on lifting of sheet vinyl because you don't always have like you know anything fancy on a job site to pick it up and move it around you got to get it up and onto at least on a cart or something if you're going to move it at a far distance and one of the things we try to make sure of is first off when you're storing it store it together tight and band it together it's yep. much less likely to fall don't just store one roll here and then a foot away another roll and a foot away another roll if it's going to be stored there for any minute any length of time because you guys know you don't you don't have to hit it that hard nope. to knock it over and if, when it's coming down baby you better be really strong if you think you're going to stop a uh, final from hitting the floor. You better learn, I would say uh, forget about strength and just learn how to move out of the way. So that's the second point, actually, is when you are moving, it's one guy in front, one guy in back, everybody else the heck out of the way and know where your points are. Like if it falls, that something that you're not destroying something. So um, leaning it in a direction and if it gets away from you get the hell out of it yeah 100 just let it fall and just just know like if you guys are moving it know that drywall uh paint all that stuff is a lot easier to repair than your body Um, yeah if you're aware when you're moving it you can even avoid damaging other stuff and it'll just fall on the concrete sometimes it's unavoidable but the best thing i don't care about you know, replacing a, a piece of sheetrock or a window at the end of the day, if it's got to do with someone's, you know, health. So we do, we teach proper handling of that and then proper lifting. You know, I used to do a ton of VCT. That's not as big of a deal anymore, but a pound of, or a box of VCT was 63 and a half pounds. And you move 30, 40,000 square foot in a day, you know, maybe install 10 and you're shuffling 10 and staging 10. And I mean, that's a lot of lifting. So learning to lift properly and make sure that you're using your legs. And if you need a back brace, we have back braces and all this other stuff, but really a technique is going to out like, there's no equipment that's going to save you from bad technique. No, no. And and any, any young cats out there starting, I would say. Take care of your body. Go, if, you know, if you know you're going to spend a day unloading, put on a back brace. Your number yeah, one tool. Need it. Your number one tool, remember? Your body. Your body, yeah. That's like, right. Like, put on a back brace. Right. I remember unloading two truckloads of, of VCT, and we were getting, you know, getting into the, into the groove, and then all it takes is one person, oh, let me ship this box, and they go to reach for the other one. The other guy's already letting it go out of the truck. I remember him dropping it on the truck driver's fingers and that dude's fingers exploding. <clears throat> and he goes, ah, and then blood. Ah. It's like. That sounds that was a long bad. time ago, but that's all. It took, right. Like, And Jorge says that, uh, you know, paying attention to inflammation and, and, you know, nerves in your, in your back and stuff, because mm-hmm. even the smallest little, lifting or something can lifting mess twist. you up lifting and twisting like um you know he does a lot of uh, a lot of uh problem on high-end carpet that stuff's pretty heavy probably rolling up folding the head try to strap it on so one person can carry a big roll lift and twist is very very well and, li- and lifting broad loom is another you know that's probably it where we lack the too. most <laughs> because we do so little of it anymore but man i'll tell you what that that's an art as well how do you pick up a yeah. 35 foot drop on your shoulder with two guys, right? Walk it up and let it, let it drop down. Right. And we, have a, in the middle. we have a video, like a little short on YouTube where we went and got a bunch of the, the things that they use for appliance. They, you know, put it over the appliance and put it on your forearms. We got a bunch of those straps and there's like eight people carrying over the 125 foot rolls or something yeah. into a church. Yeah. Somebody was making fun of, that being done like that but they were like just lift it up and you know what we've been there done that man and and we had to find an easy way to do it we had to go up and down steps and through between the pews and in the walkway like there's 
it had to be very controlled because of all the old woodwork that was through that facility, through that church. Well, and how how heavy it was. Jeez, I mean, 125 foot roll weighs 800 pounds, probably depending on the ounce weight. You know, I mean, seven, 800 pounds. That's a lot of weight. And you got a lot of, you know, safety is really about like preserving your health long time. Yeah. That's how I look at it for flooring, not just an injury, but long term. How, how do you save your knees? How do you save your back? How do you save your neck? Those those things that you that we experience injury <clears throat> long term, you know, whatever that's called, uh, where the the effects of daily use of that of your knees, you know, they just, man. you know, it goes from if you start with all the safety regulations and requirements for from from OSHA on down, it really all goes back to self-preservation, right? Like your preventative maintenance, preventative health. That's what you're trying to do. You're trying to prevent uh, injury, bodily harm. I mean, you're going to get hurt at some point when you're in construction. That's why the standards are there because why do you have to wear a harness? Because someone fell at one point, they don't want anyone to fall again. Why yeah. do we why do we wear knee pads? Because at some point someone was like, My knees kind of hurt. Let me invent something to I so my knees don't hurt as bad. I can't keep getting rid yeah. of this bursitis. I yeah, and you, you got your your jaw, your prod, you know, your trade specific items. Um in general, you know, you got hard hats, eye and face protection, high vis, respirators, hearing protection, hand protection, and foot protection. The one that um to me is most abused is hearing protection, but it's not in the way. Well, it's probably the way you think guys wearing earbuds or earphones, listening to music and calling that hearing protection. And I'm like, first off, those earbuds are not doing the, you know, they probably help, but they're causing more harm by you not being able to hear the, the other people. Right. Like earmuffs are, it should be used sparingly when you're doing the work. Don't walk around a job site with earmuffs on, you know, so you can take, you could take a piece of safety equipment that's meant to my, the whole point is you could take a piece of safety equipment that's meant to help you and, and protect you and turn it into a hazard. If you're walking around job site with earmuffs on and you can't hear someone yelling at you to get out of the way for something. Right. And, and there's, um, some of the contractors around here too are, are no more headphones at all. Yeah. Like at all, not even the earbuds, not, especially not the big headphones, like the over the ear, the over yeah, the ear. like the Bose, the yeah. full yeah. on, you know, like noise canceling headphones. What noise are those? I mean, right. come on. So, and that's one thing too, like it's always been a pet peeve of mine because he, he, when we worked together, he was the one that would put them in and he'd rock out and I'd be like, Hey, Daniel, Hey, Daniel. And then, you know, that's when, you know, all safety out, you grab your knife, you throw it at him because he's not listening. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> but um, so so that part, I understand, like, you're right, the safety, you got to hear, hey, watch out, you know, hey, or somebody's backing up. But then I started using a headset for talking on the phone instead of working and having to stop. But I would only put one in. That That's, and, we're, we're okay with, like a single earbud, but we don't want you listening to music uh, unless it's like, and we know it's going to happen, but we try to say like, just think of yourself. A lot of safety is trying to ingrain the idea of safety. It's not just doing the act because you have to do the act. It's, I, I try to approach it. I know our guys try to approach it that are really in charge of safety for us, try to approach it to teach you why you need to do this. What, why is it so important? Like if you're going to listen to music, I mean, what am I going to do? Walk up to every guy and like, you know, they're probably listening to music, but keep it at a level where you can hear other people yeah. and only one earbud in period. If you're going to listen to, if you're going to have an earbud in, because a lot of people do that with their phones. So they don't, just like you said, they don't have to stop, pick up the phone. They can just go, hello, <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, but, and that's, I get it. But at the same time, uh, we got to be somewhat safety conscious. So trying to just ingrain the idea of safety and the the whys behind each reason, and then let each guy use 
some common sense because all this can go out the window without common sense. I mean, you know, so Um, gloves, wear wear gloves whenever you can. Like I, I did appreciate all the work I put into my calluses at one point and I took pride in shaking someone's hand and my hand feeling like an absolute rock. I love love it. Yeah. I love it when they said something like that was a compliment to my hard work when they said that. But I also remember working two hours away from Daniel by myself, tearing up ceramic uh, and trying to be quiet in a bank. And then my hand, no gloves and my hand going through all the shards and I'm cutting, I cut myself to the, to the bone and I called it. I don't know if I'm gonna finish this. This is what happened. And I remember calmly walking up, hey, uh, where's the restroom? Yeah, this is this is when we first started and we were both on projects by ourselves. It's like, yeah. That's actually a really good point. And and most tile guys know it, but if you're just demoing tile and maybe you're not a tile guy that's ever been cut down, uh, I've certainly been cut by porcelain tile that's broken. And it wasn't my first time. (laughs) It's a razor sharp, razor sharp. So if you're a, if you are a, um, you know, entry level apprentice or new guy doing some demo on tile, uh, wear gloves and still be careful. Right. And that's why we got, you know, I always buy them when they go on sale, I'll buy a bunch of them and we just have a tote out there. We got cut resistant gloves. We have work gloves. We have uh, insulated gloves for in the wintertime when we're loading and unloading. Yeah. And cut resistant gloves has come a long way from the first time I ever put one on <clears throat> till now. Um, they've come a long way. We uh, We like to give them to like the, the brand brand new people like here goes your gloves because just changing a scraper blade we that's where i got a scar right here from just going like this and then it slips and then boom that's all yeah there there's a lot of silliness that happens i you know um i was cleaning up just a patching trial once oh (laughs) and i used it all day and my dumb ass oh, I can feel it. went down the, oh, it hurts so bad. You know what's, kind you know of gives me up? the fringy. I bet you that wasn't the only time you've done it either. No. I, Don't call me crazy, out, but no, it that's wasn't. That's the crazy part is the first time is always the worst. And the second time, it's not as bad, but you're like, oh, I should have known. The third time, you're like, I'm dumb. If it gets it good enough, you're like, that's the last time I'm doing that. That was the last time because I cut the tar out of my thumb. Just trying to pull chunks of pat, you know, just get the thick patch off so I could wash it. And man, with the water and the metal, it's... We used to use rags rags in a water bucket to clean our trowels until like cut after cut. It's like, all right, dude, something's got... Then we got the the brushes with the long hand. Yeah, the brushes. And... That's the best way. Yeah, it is. And it's... that's, That's... we don't show anyone else how to clean it besides like that. So in challenging ourselves, would you guys say you have a culture of safety? I would say that I don't want to say culture, right? Because that means that it's all encompassing. That means that we embrace every aspect of it 100% of the time. But I would say that we make sure that we are implementing safety all the time like yeah i i, I say we're cognizant not yeah, yeah yeah there you go there you go it's like the culture is is definitely is that because we're flooring guys i think it is to be honest with you because i feel like uh i i take a uh you know a, a leadership kind of stance on a lot of this stuff but as safety conscious as I am, and I use the word conscious because that's what I feel like our company is, but to have it as part of our culture, um, I feel like we'd have to take more steps and more steps in the direction of of, te- of enforcement, probably. Um, enforcement's important, though, because... The the one thing I didn't say is the guy that had the scraper in the back of his pocket, uh, our foreman, other people, he was a mechanic. There was a form uh, a project foreman on this project is a big high school. Um, 
we made fun of them, like joked about it. Like, yeah, you're going to cut your, you know, you can cut your arm off someday or watch out. You're going to shave your back, stuff like that. Yeah. And, but never said, take the freaking scraper out of your pocket. Right. Like I oh. was only 22. So I'm not trying to give myself an excuse, but I was a little bit fearful. So I would say one part of the culture should be, nobody should be fired for filing a safety concern about somebody else no matter who that is that's it right there a safety concern right like it's not a complaint it's a concern and it's it's out of concern for someone else's safety your safety that's that's a really good way to put it um and if someone's being unsafe on a job site i want people to feel comfortable enough to say something without the fear of being fired or some level of retaliation well, that, that's where, you know, that's why we say we're a team, right? We're not, it's not, I'm going to go snitch on you because you're doing this. It's, hey, we're going to talk about this because this needs to be fixed, right? Like this, this isn't safe. How can we fix it? And it's not like I'm calling you out because you were doing this wrong. It's, hey, we've always, maybe we've always done it this way. I don't like the way it's happening. What can we do to change it? Yeah, if you can, if you can, and, and, empower them to have some self-governance meaning the 22 year old brand new kid that just got out of you know a 10-week course or something and a portion of that was safety and then he goes to your job and a mechanic's doing something unsafe or you know a full-fledged journeyman or something's doing something unsafe you want that new guy to have the 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 uh power to say something to him without him getting retaliated against that's a that's the trickiest thing with safety i think because what old dude's gonna listen to this new cat right they always get this attitude we've watched it happen and i'm like hey man he either cares about his own safety or he cares about yours and either way it's a it's he should say something. No, nah, he's just a pompous little shit. That's what I got back. You just, you just see it over and over again, right? And the, the biggest one um, lately for me has been the silica standard because the, you got all these guys out. I breathe asbestos for years and I'm fine. You guys can get, you know, silica is nothing. And it's like, that's not the point. It's we know that it causes health issues. Let's do everything we can to keep everyone healthy and it's not just it's not just you know everyone else it's yourself included like well, well, not but, only that, and if you don't care about yourself at least start caring about others other people yeah well, like that's the thing too is who, those, who's those... susceptible and like if someone has an underlying issue that they don't even know about yet and you're kicking up all that dust and makes you know that they have a reaction to to the silica or something that's airborne like if they have a reaction inside, we don't know what's going to happen. Like, we don't know that. I don't know if someone, yeah. like I just met a, a, my son's a baseball coach. We made some food. We brought it to one of the games and it had onions. And he said, does it have onions? And I'm like, well, yeah, this is, is guac. Yeah, it's got onions in it. <laughs> He's like, well, I'm allergic. To I'm like, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I've never met anybody allergic to onions. So I don't think of it, right? And the peanut butter thing. But it's the same thing. Someone might have just a bad reaction uh, to, to to something that's in the, the, the airborne contaminants. Well, and the, the other thing is, um, as part of the why, like, you know, if asbestos was heavier, it wouldn't be near as dangerous. But, you know, a particle of asbestos takes like 24 hours to fall six feet in dead space. So it stays right around this face zone once it kicks up for an hour before it even falls to your chin. You know, like it takes an hour for it to fall this far, basically, right? Silica isn't is heavier, so and it's a different uh, shape of a particle, so it falls faster, but not. That's a problem with silica too. Is it's it's still very light, and it it falls very slowly. That's part of the danger. It's there's plenty of things in this world that'll give you cancer and cause you problems, but they're away from you, you know? 
part of the problem is how slow these particles fall. So the point being here is if you kick up dust, if you kick up asbestos, which if you're messing with asbestos, then you need to be <laughs> licensed to mess with it. But point is, is with the silica is you're caught, you can cause people harm that you, when you think they're not in harm, you know, you, you got, that's why the why to me is so important. Them understanding why, why we use this HEPA equipment, you know, it's not just concrete dust. It's like, you got to understand what this stuff does. And then you can kind of get your head wrapped around why it's so important that, Hey, maybe we should protect ourselves a little bit better. Another another added bonus to the the whole silica thing is it it made made us realize how much how many times we were cleaning the same dust storm, right? So now that you have to be more careful at cleaning up, I, the residual that's left over is a lot less, and you're a lot less likely to have to clean up again the next day. You know, you create a dust storm, you clean up, you're like we're all good for tomorrow. Come in, start spreading glue. You come in the next day, you go like this, and it's like, yeah, like. It's now, crazy. Yeah. It's, My very first day on the on any job site, I got kicked off. I think I may have told you guys this story, but I got some good old-fashioned flooring hazing going on. You know, go grab the tile stretcher kind of shit. <laughs> and it was, instead of that, though, they gave me a broom and sent me into the sanctuary of a church that had all this wood, these wood beams. Oh, and they were all finished and, and perfectly clean. All that was left was to lay the carpet. And the, the guy sent me in and said, hey, go go sweep that room. With a kitchen broom? Like, <laughs> yeah, like I'd never even, I mean, outside of sweeping a garage floor or something, I had never, right. I didn't know the process of how to keep the dust down, let alone I shouldn't have been sweeping that floor anyway. I should have vacuumed it. But they were like, go sweep that floor. I went in there and I'm just like. Yo, look, you know, look, how, look how white my nose hairs are, guys. <laughs> dude, I bet I, I sucked enough silica that day for all of us. My, whole, like, my nose had it. My <laughs> I had it in my ears. I had eye boogers that were like crusty black, <laughs> you know, brown eye boogers. I mean, I was coughing the crap up. Um, and I got kicked off the job site because superintendent come in there and called me. <laughs> Dumbest MF or he's ever met. <laughs> hey, I got that. The, the, <laughs> threw me off the job site. First it time happens. somebody told me to, to go grab sweeping compound. It's the same thing. Like go and grab the the vinyl or, or the whatever the base stretcher. Sweeping compound. Why am I gonna throw stuff on the floor to sweep it back up? That sounds so stupid. So I went and dusted the place out. They're like, dude, where's the sweeping compound? I'm like, what are you talking? What? I'm not falling for that. And they're like, no, seriously, it's that, that, there's a sweeping, it, it's a real thing. I'm like, oh. Oh, you guys got to stop playing jokes on everybody. Like, I didn't know. That's I, the one they didn't. I mean, the, 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 you know, the uh, oil base sweeping compound, not to right. get off the safety subject, but don't use that. Yeah, no. <laughs> use the wax stuff. But the, the, you know, I don't, I know we're not, I feel like we're pretty good because we get a lot of like. Just hit uh, stop streaming. I got to take off. I got to get my son to his game. So Good I'm luck. Just hit stop streaming when you're done. Easy See done. ya. See ya, Daniel. Um, so now I feel like done. we're pretty good. And you know, we show up on site with we always say just show up as if you're going to a fully PPE job. And then if the superintendent is dressed a certain way, match match your foreman or the, the project superintendent, right? Um but I think, you know, we got to look past just what is enforced and encourage them to look around. If there's overhead work, please wear your hard hat. Even if the superintendent's not, it's just not worth it. One elbow off of a fire sprinkler, you know, weighs three pounds, falling from 30 feet. I've, I've, I've not That'll at least knock you out if not you know, and give you a heck of a good gash. Like think of your people. Um, and I, I, I know how much flooring guys hate this subject too. So, I mean, but it's so important. Uh, it there's, is, it's that, necessary. That you, it's it necessary. is necessary. It is necessary. And, and protecting yourself from long-term harm, but also that short-term harm 
And so that's why I feel like we do pretty good, but from a overall like construction standpoint, I think just flooring in general is a little bit behind, you know? Well, we're way behind. We're not just a little bit, we're way behind. And that's only, we, we most of the flooring installers are individual sole proprietors, right? Uh, subcontractors. Independents. Independents. They don't, they don't think about uh, uh, having to maintain a program that will, that could facilitate 10, 20, 30, 40 people. And that's what it is. Once you start getting into that and you have to start worrying about more than just yourself, that's where a lot of that comes in, into place. And, um, you know, l- larger companies like sh- share your information with your, um, with your, with your subcontractors. Right? Do it with your subs. It's one of the yeah. trainings you can do and not get in any trouble from like employee, employer training type stuff, mm-hmm. crossing any lines there. Safety training is the one you can do with your, with like, that's why GCs can do it with us, right? They don't send us to learn how to lay sheet vinyl, nor could they, even if they wanted to. Right. But they can do safety trainings with us. So safety training is one of those things you can do with your subs. You can do with your, you you should be doing it with everybody as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think the toolbox talks. And if you have some safety conscious projects, it comes in real handy to, you know, have some consistency in those in those meetings. Um, so what do you guys, uh, just to close this out, is there anything that we've talked about that kind of made you say, mm, we need to get a little bit better at that? Yeah, I think it's just more or less uh, being more consistent with the conversation and, and making sure that that we're uh, um, stirring up the dust again, the dust, <laughs> with <laughs> the safety talk, right? Like, uh I, I know like it's always fresh in, in my mind and whenever I'm showing somebody something or we're talking about it, I always bring it up. But as far as going over specifics and being more consistent on it, like a, 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 on a schedule with it, I say, hey guys, this is, you know, this is safety week of, you know, every month or hey, this is every every other Wednesday should have a safety day. You know what I mean? Just just so that way it's fresh. And then that's and then, a good idea. Like do once a month or once a, yeah. a week, just like a, a safety refresher even. Right. Like who who's, who's not being safe, who is being safe, who's making sure that it's uh, implemented, who's making sure that you have what you need when you're forgetting to be safe. Right. Like. I, and I think it's ideas. really important because as we, and I'm going to close out with this because we are, I can't believe how fast time goes sometimes, but uh, (laughs) if, if everybody's successful in getting more new blood into the industry, those guys have to act in a safe manner. They're going to hurt themselves or somebody else. So your, your supervisors and your, your, the best thing you can do is make sure that everybody takes a leadership role in safety, be conscious and understand that just because the superintendent's not wearing a hard hat, look around you, assess the situation, put one on. If you, if you feel like it's the best thing to have one on, even, even if it's not, you're not going to get in trouble for not having it. Um, You know, a lot of the electricians and plumbers and the bigger trades, um, you know, they wear it all the time, dude. Like it's just part of their work gear. And I get it, flooring, you know, certain we're a lot further down the road on a project. So that's part of our reluctancy, I think. And then the fact is, is we're on our knees all day and having a hard hat on kind of sucks. And so does safety glasses. They're always sliding down and getting in the way. Um, They have what what they call them, uh, bump caps. Is that what they call them? They're a little bit smaller, um, made for not in in the beginning stages of a project, but get one that fits for you. And, and and I've had the big gaudy ones and I've had the smaller ones. And I tell you what, from, from being a finisher going in there in a project, the smaller ones are more up my alley. Anyway, I'm not bumping my head. I'm under, mm-hmm. I bump my head a lot of things. Um, yeah. They got, they got them the size of like almost the size of bike helmets that are really yeah, tight yeah. to your head. So yeah, I mean, comfortable. Um, yeah. It, it, it's they even have the ones we had to buy them for one project that required chin straps. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So, 
I mean, of course, our old guys are like, that's fine unless something hits it and takes it off. And then, I'm, you know, it's choking me to death or rip my freaking whole head off. I'm like, okay, you kind of got a point. You just take your carpet knife out and you cut the strap, right? (laughs) Okay, that's not safe. Don't listen to me, guys. I'm sorry. Rewind, strike that. (laughs) Yeah, edit that. All right, my man. Well, we've come to the end here. I want to thank you guys again for for being on and and as always, uh, bringing some good content. If you're watching this on YouTube, please like, subscribe. Um, we do this every Tuesday. We don't have sponsors. We don't have any of that. We just come to you with some industry knowledge. A lot of years I've in, I installed right out of high school, basically. These guys have been installing a long time, so we got a lot of uh, experience and, uh, you know, a few OSHA <laughs> visits under our belts. So, you know, we um, we hope you take this serious, even though we know it's a subject that isn't, um, you know, the yeah. the probably funnest to talk about, nor the 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 one that people that flooring guys like. Uh, I was eating lunch earlier and three hardwood guys walked in literally with tennis shoes and, and, and shorts on. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to be talking about that this afternoon. <laughs> and, and all jokes aside, I, I know I have a lot of jokes when it comes to safety and all that, but it it's, um it's one of those things you make a joke and it resonates with someone because they'll remember the joke and then they'll relate it to the conversation. But when you're the one helping everyone learn the safety and, and every time you teach someone, something about safety in the flooring industry and you have a story about how dumb you were at one point and didn't follow it that's not good guys like i know that i'm one of those guys that's not good to have the story this is why this is in the book you know this is yeah it's a serious matter and and one we should try as an industry to take a step forward on um overall just representing as construction one of the things we gripe about in flooring is not being uh, respected as much as we used to be when we walk on job sites or as much as some other trades sometimes or this is another way like show you're serious about your 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 safety and the safety of others and show that you're concerned about safety overall and that you have a some level of a safety program some um if you work for a shop and you're an installer talk to them maybe they'll put on a safety seminar um, I know we certainly do and and um, just not as often as we should. So that's where I think we can get better as well. Yeah. So, all right, my brother, it was great seeing you again. Sure. Loved it. Appreciate everything. And we will see you next week. All right, man. Have a good one. All Thank right. You. See you, man.